Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. We want to first and foremost welcome all of you again to this week's episode, but we want to also excuse Malamara over there. She is fighting a cold and she has been willing to tough it out with, for, with us this week to make sure that you, the listeners, get the content that you deserve. So thank you again, Mickey. Thank you, everybody here. But before we jump into today's episode, let's go ahead and recap where we left our adventurers. I'd say there were some pretty wild shenanigans that happened. They (laughs) entered into one of the ancient statues that are surrounding, protecting Waterdeep and came across the custodians where they were all following a fanatical leader of Stonky. Come to find out, the statue had been built to be a rocket long, long ago. And uh, Stonky had repaired it and was going to launch everybody to the seeming moon. Now, the Jenks squad were able to subvert this by beating up and interrogating Stonky to the point where they were able to get just enough information to where in the final few seconds, Fleeple was able to stop the countdown and uh, Waterdeep was saved from the travesty of a statue exploding in the middle of the city and being launched into space. So well done, Fleeple. Well done, Jank Squad. As all of you tiredly and annoyedly walk out of the statue with the guards swarming up to capture the custodians, it's very similar to like a, uh, a crime scene at the end of a movie or at the end of an episode where they have tape, they have lights flashing for no reason, and uh, Stonky's being shoved into uh, a carriage with cuffs behind his back. The three of you just look onwards and look at the work that you did, and the lead investigator looks over to you from a distance and with, with the three of you makes eye contact and nods their head appreciatively before walking away. Very dramatic moment. But all three of you can take a well-earned rest at the Singing Sword tonight. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, that is a full rest for all of you. Yay! Full spells. Exhaustion. One point of exhaustion gone away. In fact, all exhaustion gone away because the events have been a little bit too too much for you to venture out on a consistent basis into water deep, too far away from the singing sword. And so, a lot of the time, although you do have your little jaunts into the city to go to the Illusory Illusion and some of the other shops, you have nothing else major that happens in the party and in Waterdeep until the council arrives. Now, my players, I want to give you an opportunity to um, go to the Illusory Illusion, go to the temple, but for the sake of story and the sake of our listeners here, I think it would be beneficial to jump into the Council of Waterdeep for now, and then after the Council of Waterdeep, handle a lot of what you were hoping to accomplish in Waterdeep, unless there is a pressing matter that any of you would like to present that we can resolve now. That works for me. Well, before we jump into the Council of Waterdeep here, the first Council of Waterdeep, I'd like to address you listeners. As you may know, the Jank Squad has been formidable opponents to the Cult of the Dragon, and as such, 
with their DM presenting them options, little teasers possible foreshadowing by introducing characters earlier than they had been initially introduced into the campaign. The Jank Squad has destroyed a few of these members, namely Resmir and the Red Wizard Mondath. Rathmodar? Yeah, Rathmodar, sorry. Thank and Mondath. And Mondath. Lots of death. But spoilers for this campaign that you're listening to right now, those characters do play a significant portion later on into the campaign there, into <laughs> Tyranny of Dragons. And so as a result, to reward the Jank Squad and to not just uh, ignore their accomplishments, moving forward, we will be injecting a little bit mo- more of our own iCast Fireball flavor to this adventure to help circumvent some of the initial written story points. I mean, when have we ever introduced a homebrew adventure, a homebrew element to this adventure? I feel like it's been fairly minimal. It's yeah. Like in the, it's like in the video game when like the big bad is introduced like in the first act, but we just like took out a gun and shot him in the face and we're like, all right, story's, uh, story's over, I guess. <laughs> Speed runners. <laughs> we just sped run. So for any of those following along at home, reading the adventure page by page, I'm sure, which, you know, you've already seen the past couple episodes at least and possibly even before then, there's going to be some slight differences here. So... Back to Waterdeep. The three of you enjoying your downtime, sharpening your sword, going over your material, going over some of your spells, going over some religious texts for Bahamut, or just trying to glean information about the Harpers, whatever it may be, the three of you are in the Singing Sword. One morning after a delicious breakfast, it's a little bit different that the Singing Sword, although at nighttime they perform pretty extensively, they do offer a breakfast individual or table uh, performance if desired. Uh, and so as your breakfast is brought to you, they, uh, he goes, would you like the singing sword special this morning? Uh, we've already had it every day for the past week, and I don't think Lance likes it that much. Yeah, it's kind of lost its savor after the first five minutes, so... I'll try working here for five years and, uh, and having to deal with it every day, but thank you. I appreciate you saving my ears. Uh, anyway, enjoy. Oh, I will! And the barmaid walks away. At this point, as you're sitting by a window, a raven actually perches itself on the windowsill and looks at the three of you. And as it looks at the three of you, you don't take much notice until it starts to speak and goes, <coughs> Vlevo. Oh, that's me. Malamara. Oh, that's you. Lance Thalen. The bird knows my name. Leosin would like to request your presence at the First Council of Waterdeep. If you'd be so kind to meet him within two hours' time at the Lord's Castle, he'd be most obliged where he can fill you in before the festivities, well, or rather, the meeting is going to occur. Do you agree? Oh, that works for yeah, me. We, I mean, we've been waiting for that, so yes, C- that would be Kaka, great. yes. Excellent, excellent. And he, like, gives you a side-eye, <laughs> Lance. I will deliver the information immediately. Farewell. And flies away. All right, the day has finally come. Was that rude? Should I not have done that? Mal just shakes her head. I just, I didn't, it's a bird. Okay. Awfully presumptuous Lance Taylor. I know, I I generalized, (laughs) I stereotyped a bird. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're here. I mean, it feels like we should have at least had like a good amount of time to do things by ourselves, but the time has just sped up on us. Yes, I'm sure that we did. We'll just talk about it later. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) My, how the time flies. 
So, after a few hours, um, all three of you go to the Lord's Castle. Um, how would you like to present yourself to not only Leosin, but to the Council of Waterdeep? Is there any, like, are you just going as is? Like, are you going, are you trying to uh, prepare yourselves maybe with like uh, dress robes or things like that? I just want to give you an opportunity here before I solidify your already in the presence of Leo Sin to maybe spruce yourself up or if you feel it's best just to be yourself. Well, this was one of the things that Fleeple would have done. Uh, is there is there any chance that the illusory <laughs> illusion has any potions of longevity in stock at the moment? Oh my gosh, Fleeple, you're it's a drug, man. It's a drug. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, the illusory illusion. Last we talked, if I recall, it was going to come at a pretty steep price because they had to go to some other nobles, noble houses. Just for my edification, how much gold do you have? I have 1,378 gold pieces. Okay, sounds good. Let me roll to see if they were able to scrounge something up for you and if it was possible to sell it to you for that. But I'm not sure if the party would be willing to agree on Fleeple's addiction to youth. <laughs> oh, why would they not? Definitely not. I just need five more years. Just give me five. <laughs> I've got these I've got these 300 gold pieces worth of diamonds that I surely won't need for any life saving spells in the near future hey there you go uh, just the brief interaction here with the illusory illusion he goes um, I, guess Flipper, I have not been able to procure or at least come across a noble that will admit to using uh, a potion of longevity unfortunately so um, unfortunately I have not yet obtained I will keep looking though and ensure because I um, I know this has been an item of a great importance that you that you wish to uh, um, uh, to, to purchase and acquire Ah, uh, well, that's, that's all right, I suppose. We'll, we'll wait until another time then. And flash forward to Fleeple just in his ratty old fleece. Completely the same <laughs> as he usually is. Well, Mal definitely went out and got a new pelt to wear across her shoulders. A nice a nice wolf pelt. Her other one had been stained in blood so many times that... um, Too, too many it's times. It's turned pink. And so <laughs> she... Who put their socks in my load? She got a new, <laughs> uh, a new gray wolf pelt to wear across her shoulders. She got a new haircut that uh, refreshed her undercut because that was starting to get long. And uh, she summoned Zaza to ride in her dragon form across her shoulders as she goes to meet, have an audience. Excellent. Uh, shaved tusks, uh, pointed tusks, letting them grow. Shaved. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not all the way down, but just a little bit. All right. So definitely spruced up and cleaned yourself up. Uh, Leather armor, Ben. Um, Well, your leather uh, workings and clothing having been oiled and really shiny. Um, Lance Thablin. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) All right. Lance is just in his ratty clothing torn and ratty clothing and with an abnormally yellow scarf around his neck. Yeah, how on brand that the boys are just completely making no effort to look good in front of the most powerful people in the Sword Coast. I'll just size to be with you guys. And Mal just heard this presence among you. 
<laughs> Excellent. Cool. So as you go to the Lord's Castle, this castle is, as I mentioned previously, the biggest. It's just beautiful sight as you are approaching and walking up the steps. And this is not just like a castle that's just right off a street. Like, uh, oh, this is the market and the castle steps are right off the market. This takes a little bit of time to walk up to. It is a monument, if you will. So it takes you a good 30 minutes of just walking from one of the closest houses to make it up the winding path up to the Lord's Castle through their gardens, through this this massively large courtyard until you finally walk up to the Lord's Castle. Um, as the guards ask you, one of them uh, has just a paper and as you approach goes, Ah, uh, yes, name? Fleeple. Fleeple. Um... I don't see a flaple on here. Uh, what about your other names? Uh, it, I'm trying to remember. Does Leosin know me as Jank? I think he knows me as Jank. Is is Jank on the list? I I do have a Jank squad on here. Ah, uh, yes, that's us. All right. I, I should say three of you. Yes, and um, any points to you, Mal? Just keep your keep your familiar in check, or else we'll have to annihilate them. Zaza growls at him. He goes, "Well, bit snippy." Anyway, uh, you're, you're welcome <laughs> to go through. Schnapper. And as you walk through, this is uh, this mass of double doors. You see very lush uh, carpets and rugs and portraits and tapestries and just curtains. This is a very, very rich castle. And it just, as you walk through these halls, you can just sense the age of the castle as a lot of these tapestries show scenes. They show, uh, they're a collage, so to speak, of a specific, I don't know if collage is the right word, but like of a moment in time. Is there a specific word for that? Like a, a battle in time or something like that? Uh, a tableau. Tableau, thank you. Right. A tableau... Um, of certain events that were not only historic for Waterdeep, but some of them for just the Sword Coast in general. Um, some of them are very notably giants fighting dragons uh, with Waterdeep being protected in this bubble. And it's as uh, it's been exaggerated, of course, with Waterdeep being small with a tiny bubble with a gigantic giant and a gigantic dragon fighting over it. Um, there are other instances where you see the uh, stone statues fighting against uh, an orc horde that was uh, battering against the walls as they, as Waterdeep seemed to have been surrounded. Just these beautiful, beautifully intricately drawn, woven, painted, some of them even magically painted tableaus spring to life in front of you as you walk down these halls. What are some of your thoughts or like what what are what are your characters thinking as you go to approach Leosin before this council? Well with all of these like fantastic, beautiful images, especially of these dragons, uh, it does ground Fleeple a little bit more. You know, they've been kind of shooting the breeze, kind of having a fun vacation going on, uh inconsequential, very relaxing side quests. But yeah, this is kind of bringing him back to the moment of like, yeah, this is what we're here for. It's finally time to get back in the zone. Excellent. Yeah. Lance is just thinking 
just with all these like huge imageries and tapestries and it just kind of brings him back to his original feelings toward Waterdeep around like just again because he comes from Neverwinter the city that's very kind of gritty it's almost broken because of all the crap it's gone through and then there's just Waterdeep putting on airs and he's just like he almost just feels like like he thinks hypocritical almost like they're putting on so much air it has to be hiding something underneath and he's just kind of annoyed that's how he's feeling yeah Mal anything from you Mel has a lot of introspection, much the same way that Fleeple has. She's allowed a lot of her own stuff to kind of knock her off focus, I guess, in a way. So she has to refocus and remember that she's here, she's working for Fleeple, and the task is to uh, do away with this cult and to keep the return of Tiamat from happening. She needs to stop letting her personal stuff get in the way and just refocus on that. Excellent. As the three of you and Zaza are led to um, a side room, the door opens and you see Leosin, a very familiar, friendly face, uh, look up at you. Very, very fine, intricate, beautiful robes that they are working with, bright green and bright orange accenting each other. There seems to be some gold that is like glittering off of his robes, whether that's by illusion, whether that's just uh, the way that the light is hitting his clothes, you're not sure. But as Leosin looks up uh, and sees the three of you, he breaks out into a wide smile and goes, Ah, yes, my friends, Ah, Fleeble, Lance, and Malamara. Come in, come in, come in, of course, of course. Um, ah, it's so good to see you. And as the door shuts behind you, you see that he had been looking at uh, some of his notes on a table. Um, not a large table, but just some notes that he seems to have jotted down uh, in preparation for the meeting. He goes, well, it has been a little bit of time, and there's some things that we uh, each have accomplished. And I, I hear... That each of you most recently saved Waterdeep from uh, an explosion, it seems like. Yes, it was uh, quite a situation there, but uh, we are not dead. You are not dead, so it seems like things no, are turning I'm, up roses. It, it, um, it was touch and go for quite a while. Um, uh, we found out some very useful information, but uh, no, not dead yet, thankfully. Um, I... Uh, Pray that Bahamut uh, gives me his platinum breath long enough to see this uh, adventure finished. Ah, I hope the same as well. Yes, of course. Um, I would have to worry about that a lot less if there was any uh, potions of longevity in this town, but I guess not. Fleeple, just drop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could find some, I mean, if you tried. Well, we'll get into that later. Um, we can we can swap notes uh, um, after after the important um, meeting has occurred. Now, is there anything you'd like to fill me in? I have some things I'd like to share with you before we go into the meeting. But is there anything in particular you would like to share with me before uh, we go into the larger gathering that will be happening um, in maybe an hour time or so? And I'll look over to Lance in particular and say, well, there have been some changes in the leadership of the Cult of the Dragon recently in response to oh, some of the things that we have done. Oh, yeah, we never told him, did we? <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and he gets wide-eyed a little bit and goes, fascinating. Uh, I had like a whole month that we could have sent you a message. That's okay. 
Um, yes, like, uh, w- what are some of these changes? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Do you yeah. have specifics? Yeah, yeah, we got some specifics. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Resmi's dead. And yes, um, I knew that you had told me. Oh, that. okay. Um, so you, yeah, um, we knew that before okay. we went to uh, where I gave you my recommendation on where to stay. Uh, but yes, I knew that Resmi was dead in the Thay Wizard. I yes, believe that's right. Red Wizard. Yes. Let me confer with my Fleeper. What are you talking about? What are, what are we missing? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> your. Uh, I'll I'll give you a little bit of moments time just in case. And he'll to go back to his notes and he's like frantically poring over these notes to make sure he's got every single thing like memorized into his brain. Flippo, I'm not sure I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh how much do we want to tell the council about Vandal? Oh crap. And Lance just like realizes <laughs> this like month-long vacation of simple side quests like oh crap. Yeah, that was a thing and Yeah, the guy who like completely ruined my life, the man who killed me literally. Well, you don't know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not that like Lance forgot Vandal, but he's like, oh, I forgot like he's tied up and everything, and I we've never told anybody that, and holy crap, what does this mean for me? So Lance almost goes even more clamier than usual, and um, <laughs> cannon. Might as well just embrace it. Um, <laughs> Lance will turn to Leosin and be like, oh yes. Um, <clears throat> So, we found out that there is a potential new higher-ranking member of the Cult of the Dragon who also happens to have a very strong connection to the underground network of the Sword Coast. A leadership member of the Zentarum, in fact. So, seems like the Cult of the Dragon has connections with the Zentarum now. Intimate connections. Uh, By the name of Vandal. I see... Mm, interesting. Um, I'm not. Mm, this is incredibly useful information. I, um, I wonder how it melds with some of my information. You see, um, I see. I and have heard whispers that the Zentarum are not okay with the Cult of the Dragon to some extent. But you have heard that the Zentarum has connections to the Cult of the Dragon. Well. Vandal, from what we hear... <laughs> I'm just really trying not to connect himself to it. From what we hear, Vandal, um, he like he likes to do his own thing. And so even though he is connected to the Zentarum and is part of their network, it is 100% plausible that he is also going rogue with this too. Mm, I see. All right. All right. That might make more sense, which could be a good thing, depending on how we use that information. But um, he would definitely be using the Zentarum's resources to get what he wants, which is uh, ranking leadership in the Cult of the Dragon. Probably they're trying to keep it secret from the Zentarum. He's a, he's a sneaky, snide individual. I see. Do you know uh, how far up he is in the leadership in the Cult of the Dragon now? Uh, from what we've gathered, he he is seeking for a mask. He wants to be a mask wearer. Is it the white mask? I don't think we got a color connected to him in particular. Goodness, this this could really make a lot of sense um, because the Harpers, uh, and looks at you, Fleeble, the Harpers have heard rumors and whispers that uh, the white mask had been stolen by 
the previous worm speaker. Resmir? Uh, no, no, the, the Resmir was the worm speaker for the blue dragons. The, uh, the white mask was stoned by the worm speaker for the white dragons. Uh, a dwarf by the name oh, of... Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's most likely Vandal. That sounds 100% Vandal. <laughs> yes, the dwarf's name is Varum. Uh, and uh, we, we believe it was some sort of Zentarum uh, association, so it could have been Vandal. Um, but uh, uh, I last we heard, Varum was eagerly seeking out this mask. Uh, but this is just fragments that we've gathered over not only the caravan that we were following uh, to see where the gold was going, but also um, just our contacts all over um, uh, Faerun entirely. Regardless, that will be discussed a little bit further in depth in the council, so um, I I can absolutely go into it, but I will be repeating it in the council as well. Uh, Is there any other information you wish to share with me before I share some additional stuff with you? I think that's the most of it. I'll just keep my ears open for Zentarim Varim. Sure, yes, absolutely. Uh, and Varum, uh, I should clarify, Var- Varum is uh, the worm speaker. That's the name the d- uh, of the worm speaker. The tr- yes, the dwarf who's trying to search for the white dragon mask now. I can't confirm that, So, but, but regardless, that's the whispers and the rumors we've heard, which sometimes rumors are, are almost as good as truth. The dots seem to be connecting. Yes. Excellent. But nothing else uh, from your end here, so I will share some of mine. Um, I was able to track and follow the payments, or rather the money, in the caravan with either through my association or to throw off the scent uh, through other harpers who took my place, stepped in, stepped in there, uh, and we were able to track it to a city called... Sorry, not a city, a village of Pars- Parnast. 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 P A R N A S T. Now. The cult's money. The cult's money. It's being transported there via magical means. Uh, it, it was a whole, like, month long adventure that um, was uh, a little bit dry at parts and um, which uh, wasn't really engaging as, like, a production level sort of. Uh, it was a pretty good idea for us to just skip it to. You know, go uh, but yes, exactly. So, um, it, oh yes, we were able to track down the money to Parnast. Now, the money wasn't being housed there. We we just heard rumors and whispers that Parnast was its final resting place, but we couldn't find exactly where it was being housed there. I have my own suspicions of where it might be because uh, not half a day later um, that we arrived in Parnast, a uh, cloud giant's stronghold appeared in the sky. Um, oh! Not too far from Parnast. And so we didn't have the resources to try to infiltrate. And so we um, just had to go off of that information and make it back to Waterdeep as quick as we could at that point. A cloud giant's stronghold? Yes. Um, yes, there are big, tall, terrible giants in the sky. There are giants in the sky. Big, tall, terrible giants in the sky? Big, tall, terrible giants in the sky. Yes, when you weigh up high and you look below. The worlds you left, <laughs> the things you know. <laughs> are we just going to recite the entire song now? No, no we are Oh look, a cow is white as milk. <laughs> One midnight gone. Uh, anyway, okay, back to the story. It was your fault. So, um, yes, so that's uh, 
I have my suspicions. I'm fairly confident that um, that stronghold did not show up as a coincidence, uh, which will be something else that we discuss in our meeting. Uh, but that was sort of my update here. You've already given me your update. Um, a few other things. And just at this moment when he is start going to talk a little bit more, all of you feel a sudden shift in the air around you. It, it's not alarming, but it is noticeable, and the big reason why you all notice it is because Zaza perks up and looks north and just stares at the wall for a long period of time before they get agitated and start flying around and like hopping on a table and like just uh, listening with their ears perked up. The feeling that you have is akin to the drop in air pressure before the approach of a deadly storm, which is accented even more because you are indoors. Or you could maybe uh, equate it to faint tremors felt from a landslide or earthquake that seems to be far, far away. Uh, Malamara icebergs that are crashing into the sea um, or crashing into one another uh, on the spine of the world would also be an appropriate description there. But you're not the only ones that have noticed, as I have stated, Leucin of his own free, uh, of, of his own volition, looks that direction and just sort of pauses. All of you go unnaturally quiet, and you could hear a pin drop. There's no rustling, no conversation, no movement in the surrounding rooms for a good 15 seconds. When finally you're pulled out of this mesmerizing stupor, so to speak, and Leosin looks at each of you and goes, um, apologies, uh, I'm not quite sure what came over me there, and, uh, but, um, <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, allow me to continue, to continue on there, I, I, um, I'm sorry, you all felt that too, did you? Yes. Yes. Is there any windows or outside access from the place we're in? Uh, not in the room that you're currently in. You know from the from the hallways, though, that there are gigantic windows that can see outside. But as you go out and you look at those windows, you don't see anything noticeable now that the initial silence has passed, so to speak. It just seems to be normal. But the guards and some of the servants in the hallways do seem a little bit more unsure and maybe a little bit more anxious, just looking at each other and like, that was really weird, right? Can Mal activate her Eldritch Sight invocation? And she'll give a quick whistle to Zaza to do a sweep and see if she can sniff out either somebody invisible or something that has changed in the room physically while Mal looks for something magically that might have changed. Absolutely. As you uh, activate your Eldritch Sight and uh, have Zaza sniff out Nothing magical other than your own magic items and a few magic items that Leosin has seems to be activating your Eldritch Sight. And in addition to that, Zaza is unable to find any animals, any unusual scents, but they are a little bit more agitated, so to speak. Them more than anybody else. That science seems to have affected them in their pseudo-dragon form. Mel whistles for Zaza to return to her shoulders and orders her to stay close. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure what that was, but um, perhaps some of the uh, mages or 
uh, more magical beings that will be uh, approaching and uh, attending our meeting will have some insight into maybe that was since maybe it was only confined to this castle but it felt distant so I have to feel like it was maybe felt in Waterdeep as a whole maybe even further yes you you said it was the white dragon mask that had been stolen yes yes of course uh, yes it, it was uh, that's that's the rumors that we've been hearing hmm I wonder if that has anything to do with the kind of chill that could spread across an entire coast. I mean, it, uh, there's so much we don't know about these masks, hence why we had you go investigate what they were and uh, what they are. What are white dragon's power? Ice. Uh, yes, cold. Chilliness, if you will. So uh, that's a very uh, logical step there, Fleeple. Uh, one that I didn't make. I, I'm a bit uh, out of sorts, if you could notice as he holds up his notes. I, I have a lot of presenting to do uh, in the meeting and share to continue. To, I've, I've sort of been the one to spearhead this, and there's a lot of pressure uh, riding on me uh, right now, if I can be quite frank on that. So, uh, Well, don't worry. You got this, sport, and I'll cast heroism on him. Aww. <laughs> Jenny Craig! <laughs> Does everybody have a crush on Jenny Craig in this town? <laughs> the elusive Jenny Craig. So, um, yes, he goes, yes, of course. Um, the, I just wanted to prep you before we actually go into the meeting. We have a number of organizations that will be represented in this meeting. Uh, some organizations will only have a few individuals. Some of them will have a large number of individuals. Um, and how, how familiar are each of you with, um, the, uh, I guess clans, maybe, uh, the uh, sect sects of uh, um, Faerun? Hmm, religious? Uh, uh, that's a good point. No, uh, I'm, I'm mainly uh, referring to uh, organizations like the Harpers. Um, there are some uh, Harpers we try to remain in secret except for those uh, that are in the know. But you also have um, the Order of the Gauntlet, uh, which, um, if you remember, Anthar Froom, uh, mm-hmm. yes. who you met not too long ago, was a member of. Um, we also have the Zentarum, a, a massive organization, although we don't necessarily like what they're doing, but we also have two others that I don't believe you've encountered quite yet. One of them Are is the Zentarum the... represented on this council? Um, I don't believe so. I don't believe the... I, I didn't reach out to them because we got conflicting reports, um, and we're, we're, we're frankly, the conflicting reports were from you and I, but we just didn't hear about them being displeased with the Cult of Dragon until it was too late to reach out to them and <laughs> find somebody who wasn't going to just try to rob everybody in the meeting themselves. So um, a reputable resource and a uh, reputable um, liaison with the Centaurum. But the two other organizations that I don't believe you've met are the Emerald Enclave, and the Lord's Alliance. Now, um, do my players here have any knowledge about the Emerald Enclave or the Lord's Alliance in general? I know the Lord's Alliance, but I don't know the Emerald Enclave. Yeah, the Lord's Alliance is, if I recall correctly, a sort of confederation of some of the more powerful cities in the area kind of banding together to help out with nasty stuff. And then the Emerald Enclave is kind of a druidic nature-based sort of organization. 
Yeah, that's that's a good way to think about it. The Lord's Alliance is quite literally, it's not like a metaphor for anything. It's it's literally the lords and ladies of Faerun have created an alliance and they are using that banner that those strongholds sort of be like, hey, we'll protect each other in times of need. If up if you're part of this and uh, you pay your monthly dues and you support uh, soldiers and you know uh, things like that, then we will come protect you. It's sort of like an insurance is maybe a generalized way to think about it. But the Emerald Enclave, really it can be, although it is more druidic, maybe nature-based, it really could be any person. Any um, creature could be a part of the Emerald Enclave, whether they are a druid, whether they are a ranger. They could be a barbarian. They could be a rogue and be part of the Emerald Enclave. It just is, uh, they're dedicated to maintaining balance in the natural order and combating forces that threaten that balance. So if a natural forest fire springs up, they are going to, as long as it's not uh, destroying a town, they're going to let that um, go because that is the natural order, as opposed to um, if someone is just wantonly destroying a forest, they're going to step in to make sure that the balance is maintained. The naturalness has to be maintained as well. So... Um, so, so yes, uh, that's sort of like the general gist of these uh, organizations here. Um, just one more time, uh, the Order of the Gauntlet, to uh, to remind you, and um, it's, it's they're dedicated to these members are dedicated to justice and equality. Um, usually paladins, maybe some knights. Um, uh, it really could be anybody, but those are the people that are drawn to the Order of the Gauntlet specifically. Uh, who'd like to bring justice and uh, equality to all. Uh, very opposed to evil, of course, which is why Anthar Froom uh, was a, a great ally uh, when I mentioned the Court of the Dragon, because to as to him and to myself, they are inherently evil. Um, so it was easy for us to form a quick alliance there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so as I mentioned, there are going to be uh, representatives uh, from each of these organizations, except for the Zentarum, um, which will then, sh- we will share our information and hopefully create a coalition to stop the Court of the Dragon in its tracks by combining our resources, pooling our resources, um, and to uh, fight this evil and destroy it from the land once and for all. I'm trying to remember... Ralph was the only one who Lance revealed to that he was part of the Zentarum, right? I believe so. Kay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, good to know that nobody from the Zentarum is going to be here at this meeting, then. Well, I'm affiliated with them, but I'm not, like, an active member of them. I'm not like, <laughs> don't mind me while <laughs> I fill I... out my, my weekly Zentarum report. <laughs> <laughs> Paying my dues, my union dues. Technically, the, everybody, uh, the Zentarum thinks I'm dead. <laughs> and now, of course, I um, I wouldn't be so, uh, I've had some run-ins with the Zentarum, and I, I'm not uh, naive enough to believe that there wouldn't be some hidden members there, possibly under false guises. Uh, m- maybe not direct leadership, but, you know, a servant here, a servant there, who maybe somebody called in sick today, and they happened to be in their, their room at the time, listening to the proceedings, so um, they're a crafty organization that have survived almost as long, if not longer, than the Harper organization, so um, I wouldn't count them that they they are unaware of our meeting, so to speak, so. <laughs> now, what they do with that information, we'll just have to wait and find out. Um, 
but quite really what I will be doing and what I would really appreciate uh, your help in doing is to convince these uh, alliances, these um, organizations that there is a significant threat where action needs to be taken and research has already been done, significant research has been done. I'd like you at times to share your experiences and to share um, what you have done to not only assist, but you've been the boots on the ground in a lot of situations. Heck, you killed Resmir and a Thay wizard, and that's that's uh, no small feat. Speaking of which, we have the item that we obtained yes. from that encounter. Are we presenting that today, or are you wanting us to hang on to that? I think it'd be best. I mean, I, we can go over it first before we present it. Uh, we can uh, go through the contents, things like that. I, I have to imagine it's a locked locked treasure chest. I can't imagine Resmir would be so brazenly open, leaving her valuables uh, open uh, and available to anybody for the taking. We haven't really opened it under advisement for opening it makes it more accessible to those who seek it. Yes, yes, of course. Um, if we were going to present it... Would you like us to try and open it right now? Um, I... If we were going to present it, and if it was going to be a major factor, we probably should check to see that it's there and that the treasure chest is is um, able to be opened. Um, but if we don't want to present it in the council, I think we have enough information to at least... We might have enough information to sway people over to uniting in the cause. I mean, we have the Dragon Eggs. We have the Caldera entire experience. Um, de- defeating Mondath. Um... We have me following where the money's going, the uh, cloud giant stronghold in the sky, um, your whole interaction with Resmir itself. That's quite a bit of information. Are whispers of the the dragon mass being stolen? If we don't want, if we want to leave the treasure chest closed, we might be good. But I mean, it would be good to check to make sure that it's in there. We've never checked, and so that that's probably a big thing. <laughs> Do we have faith in the security of this location? That's definitely something we need to do. We should not open that treasure chest unless we have something to stop from scrying. Or I mean, it. I, I mean, to be fair, yes, but also, I would say this place might be more secure than like our room at the Swinging Sword. <laughs> hmm. You're right, but there's that. There's that bard tale. Um, was called Hocus Pocus, where they open up the book and there's a giant skylight, and I feel like um, opening up this might not a be the great idea. <laughs> Have you heard that one? The the singing sword sang it a couple nights back. I think it's a northern spine it's of the world. It definitely kind of seems like a warlock uh, <laughs> sort of story. Yeah, it's very, that's very specific. <laughs> Maybe like, one you got from your patron. That feel like it has a cult following. That that tale. <laughs> oh no! Heaven's made. I hope we don't have to. Never mind. That's a we have enough cults on our hands at the moment. Them out. Enough cults. Speaking out of it, do we want to open this box? Yeah. What, what do you guys want to do as the players? I want to open the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe there's more worms inside of it. <laughs> more worms. Yep. And that's what it is. We open it up and it's just filtering with worms and masks. And the, oh my gosh. And they speak with one voice. I'm okay to open it. We gotta open it at some point. 
because I, we have I'm to okay opening it too, but I also like <laughs> I feel like when it's one of these pivotal moments in a campaign, you look back and go, remember how they scried on this that one time? That was this moment. <laughs> well, keep your magic eyes open, Malamar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do we like set up a tent in the middle of this grand stately hall? Set up a tent <laughs> so that nobody can see what's going on. Thomas, promise we won't be scried on it. We'll open the box. <laughs> I promise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a shaky plan. Okay, no! to be fair though, no! who knows we have this? Nobody knows we have this box. Ralph knows we have this box. Can we trust Ralph? Only Ralph does, and Ralph has been sworn to secrecy, which I believe Josh would do that. <laughs> If Is he wants Josh to keep scrying on us right now, if he wants to keep his Gosh, butt alive, it, Josh. he won't do that. His whole little plan relies on us not being known. We haven't kicked him out of the Discord yet. <laughs> he just pops in. Hello, everyone. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna roll to open the box. I'm doing it. All right. So as you open, the, as you pop out this treasure chest, as I mentioned, it's a. It's a decent treasure chest. It's not like a one from Zelda, the one of the big treasure chests. You might think of like the little one that he kicks open and there's like a 10 rupee in there or whatever. Wow, that's a very obscure reference for a visual there. Um, <laughs> but it is, uh, it is locked. The treasure chest is locked, Lance. So you will need to try to unlock it. Mal, you still have your uh, detect magic up, correct? Sure. Sure. All right. Cool. <laughs> if not, she'll recast it. Uh, there is no magic that you can sense on the lock or emanating from this treasure chest. However, you do know that it is iron encased, so you won't you wouldn't be able to see any magic items in there. But yes, go ahead and Lance. If you're going to try to dis- to open it, then go ahead and roll a check. Flipo, you got some help for me? <laughs> yeah, I got this sport. Smack him on the leg. Ooh, not a great roll, but I get a plus four. 18. Remember, this box has been through a battle, so I feel like it's loosened. (laughs) (laughs) As you uh, pick it with your uh, thieves' tools, you, um, Leosin catches up and goes, "Um, Fleepo, your fascination with uh, potion of longevity, um, I'm fascinated what your fascination about it is. I mean, you're looking pretty spry for a kobold. Why do you need... And so... (laughs) (laughs) A conversation happens between you and while while Amal, you're coaxing your comforting Zaza, um, while Lance, you are taking a few uh, a good. You're spending a good time trying to o- unlock this. Um, is there anything in particular, Flipo, that like is drawing you towards these potions? Well, have you ever had one? No, I haven't ever needed to. I'm afraid I would uh, uh, go back to when I was a child. I'm I'm only thirty-seven, really, so. Ah, well, when you get to be my age, you'll understand. Ah, well, I'll have to wait. Um, only 20 more years? <laughs> oh, you flatter me, Leosin. Uh, just, I, I just really don't know how with Cobalt. I, I haven't really met one before you. All right. Uh, Lance, you are unable to unlock it. Dang it. 18 was not quite high enough. Okay, can I try again? You can try again. This would probably be the last time you can attempt before the meeting. Then afterwards we can keep trying. But, uh, yeah. You sporting me? Yep. You got this sport. The other leg. Better. 
Much better. That's 29. Ooh. Oof. Oh. You rolled poorly that first time. I did. I rolled really low. <laughs> yeah. Lance going, uh, realizing, like, um, everybody's watching me, and this is my thing, and I can't do it. Uh, what the heck is going on? You're like, okay. You walk around the room, and you, like, slap your shoulders, like a, almost like a swimmer does right before a meet. And you're like, okay, we got this. <laughs> And you go over, and as soon as you kneel down and you put it in, you twist it and goes click, and it opens up. Oh, it w- to the left, I went right. So you've unlocked it. Uh, do you open it? Yes. As you open it, something immediately shoots towards your chest, and there is a a little dart that's going right into your chest, and you're like, ha, ha, ha. I need you to make. I should have checked for traps. A constitution saving throw, please. I'm a thief. I always check my traps. <laughs> All right. But we're safe in this location, right? <laughs> Is the dart magical? Because if it was, Malamara failed at her eye test. Mickey is <laughs> dancing, and no, the dart was not magical. This is a trigger. Natural 20. Oh, yeah. Well, the DC was only 13. Well, it shoots into Lance's <laughs> chest, and Lance just flexes, and it falls. <laughs> flexes. <laughs> his scarf stops it. His sister stops it. Yes, there you go. That's a, that's a his much clammy, better. That's his a much clammy clammy <laughs> chest. It's too clammy. I can't pierce it. <laughs> As you flex, but your sister really goes, "Okay, Lance," and like the scarf moves in front. It does still pierce you, and you take half damage, so you only take, let's see, 6, 12. You only take 11 points of poison damage. And I'll half that with my uncanny dodge. Gosh dang it, rogues. Yep. So you really did flex and go, and then dive out of the way. Uh, so that's 6, or is it rounded down to 5? Uh, always round down with damage. Haha. <laughs> so... Uh, and it's just a pinprick at that point. Oh, gosh. Oh, 76 poison damage. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> it's six, actual six points of damage. Listeners, this is why if you're like, gosh, this de- Thomas is throwing some really high-level stuff at them. This is why I have to throw some high-level stuff at them. Anyway. Yeah, metal cockroaches. <laughs> so, as... You open the chest. There is no magic emanating from this chest. And Lance, as you look in there, you see gems, jewelry, coin, but that is it. There's no mask? There's no mask in here. Thomas. Ralph! Did Ralph screw us? Yes. <laughs> is there space for a mask? Does it look like somehow, some way, this is the... Lance is investigating the crap out of this because he's so pissed at this. I took a dart in the chest for five damage for this. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh dang it, I was mildly inconvenienced. <laughs> is this uh, seeming yes, like this check. was a chest that could have a mask placed in it? that it has maybe just with the insides of it has somehow indentations to show a mask was here. 
in a placement. Lance just wants to know the. He's just. He wants to know the maker of this box by how much he's going to investigate it. <laughs> Go ahead and roll an investigation check. It's ridiculous. We went through freaking eight episodes for this thing, and Thomas gives us a box of jewels. <laughs> I already got that. I stole that from Ralph. I got a bag of jewels already. <laughs> Critical fail. Dang it. <laughs> He's so mad he can't even look at it. I am. I'm pissed. So I'm you so, don't you don't look oh underneath for the make and model of the treasure chest, but you do on the inside. You're so upset and uh, frantic and like you're <laughs> futilely. You look over and you're like uh, you're removing the gems and like you're you're looking underneath and like is this it? Is this it? You just see a cloth that it was partially covering, and this cloth is a it's it's white. It's it's a uh, fairly large, but it's empty. It's an empty cloth, uh, is all that you see. So, just without even rolling, though, you do see that this treasure chest is not filled with gems and coins. Like it's just at the bottom, and so there is some depth to the treasure chest that is currently empty. You, and that's information you don't need to roll for. Like there could have been a sizable object in here that could have fit in here and still closed. Lance is so angry right now. He will just stand up and kick over the chest and just like, just fume out of out of the room. He's just gone. He's gone. He is so pissed at this. He just walks out. Now that the gems have spilled out of the chest, does the bottom of the interior of the chest match up with the bottom of the exterior of the chest? Is there, perchance, a false bottom in this trunk? As he kicks it over and spills the gems and the coin onto the bottom, Fleeple, you go over and you look at the chest, and indeed, the, de- the depth of the chest, there is no false bottom. You check the depth looking at the outside, looking on the inside. There's no worms. There's no, uh, there's no false bottom. Hmm. This thing only seems to have contained the gems, jewelry, and coins. Nothing but incredibly valuable resources. <laughs> I'm going to count up all of the gems, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, which I can go through these. The gems and jewelry includes a set of matched peridot stones on a gold chain that is worth 400 gold pieces. Hmm. A silver torque with dragon's heads. That is 200 gold pieces. Six moonstones, each of them worth 50 gold pieces. And 20 loose pearls. And all 20 of them all together equal 3,000 gold pieces. And as Fleeple's trying to count up the pearls every once in a while, the count is off. And it's off again. It's off again. And Zaza keeps dashing over and picking one up and scurrying away with it. And he comes over and gabs another thing and scurrying My away. My pearl. He's gathering his little <laughs> horde. And Fleeple is like, get out of here. Come on. Trying to, try to be an accountant for a bit. Uh, in addition to that, there are 600 silver pieces, 200 gold pieces, and 50 platinum pieces. Hey. So, so now he can buy the potion of longevity. If he can find it. <laughs> yes, if if that slacker over at the Illusory Illusion can manage to actually get one in stock. Do your job. You got one what, job. What's he doing with his downtime? I've been here an entire month. 
just chilling, <laughs> going on, going on completely non-lethal side quests. Leosin looks to um, those in the room, room, room remorsefully and goes, "I'm terribly sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. I I wish that the mask would have been in there, but." As I said previously, uh, the mask, although a blow to us to not have it in opposition, I think we still can convince and we can still rally the other individuals to the cause to defeat the Court of the Dragon. But I, I, I don't wish, I don't want to be insensitive to you sacrificing so much to have the mask so close in your grasp. I am truly, truly deeply sorry. Well, it's a good thing that we opened it before we got in front of all of the most powerful members of all of the most powerful organizations in all of the Sword Coast. I... yes, that is a silver lining. A platinum lining, even. <laughs> yes, you, you <laughs> click on the draw. I'm going to go check on Lance and see how he's doing real quick. I, I'll, I'll gather my notes uh, here and um, I'll, I'll let you continue. Uh, uh, we, we probably will be meeting in about ten minutes, so you just have... A little bit of time to gather yourselves. Booyah! Fleep, will, will you pick up all the stuff you've been counting? I'll I'll grab Lance and I'll meet you in the inner sanctum. Okay, okay. And I give in to a little bit of my draconic heritage as I just start greedily grabbing all of these gems. Zaza's there with you, helping. Help, quote-unquote, helping. My, my, my <laughs> so Mal will exit the door and try and discern where Lance went. Lance, I imagine that you, even if you wanted to be alone, you couldn't have gotten too terribly far without servants um, being able to point out the direction you head for Mal to be able to follow you. Are you just in the hallway? Lance is, Lance is at the steps. Lance is outside at the steps, just probably on the top step or near the top steps where those two guards are, and they're probably just like awkwardly like, okay, what's this guy doing? Uh, Mal finds him wherever he chose to sit. And just sits quietly next to him. And as Lance is sitting there, as Mal finds him, he's just like, he's just staring kind of absentmindedly outward onto the the view, obviously the beautiful view, which just irks him even more, of the city of Waterdeep from these steps. And he's he has the bow actually out. And he's just like holding it, kind of gripping it in both hands, like squeezing it almost like, like, just, like, running his hands. Like, if you ever have, you know, hold, like, a, you know, a staff or just, like, you know, a piece of wood and you just kind of, like, grip it really tightly. He's doing that with the bow. Do you want to talk about it? I just... Why did we even do that? Like, we killed somebody for that thing. They fought for their life for that thing. And there's nothing in it? They didn't fight for jewels of a platinum they fought for their life like their life depended on that box and I can't see how Ralph would like he couldn't have swiped it from us he would have to reset the trap he had no time to do that he didn't even touch the box really in terms of like actually having time for it what was the point of that Mal opens her mouth to say something and then decides to close it again because she's gotten the sense that Lance sometimes will continue talking if unprodded and be more honest the more he speaks. So she opens her mouth and then closes it and lets him kind of think through and process as verbally as he needs to. Mal, go ahead and take an inspiration for that. That is some good insight. Yeah, he'll just sit in that for a moment 
and just be like, anytime, anytime I try and have a semblance of hope, a semblance of trust in something, I just get cut off. I'm trying to be a part of this group. I'm trying to get where we need to go, wherever that is, wherever Fleeple needs to go, wherever you need to go. But whenever I start to think it's going to work, it just screws me over. Like, that's what, that's what happened with me and Vandal. Like, I trusted him. I trusted that man like he was my own father. I saw something wrong in our organization. I told him about it. He congratulated me that I found it. That I... I wake up... in a gutter... with my throat cut. Like, I need to see these things... before they happen. But I never can. Even less sure what to say now, she slides closer to him. And knowing that he doesn't like to be touched, she knows that she a touch will be comforting to him. She just allows that silence to be between them. And then, quietly, she says, You're not alone anymore. You don't have to look out for yourself anymore. That's what we're here for. And I, I know that's hard to trust. Trust me, I... I get it. I know that's hard to trust. But you know Fleeple and I have your back. And you know we're going to get it back. We're going to find the mask. We're going to find out what happened. And we'll get it back. Lance will reach out his hand. Very, as she said, un... Like, very against type. And actually, like, grab her hand. And just, like, look at her dead in the eyes. And he's he's tearing up. He's emotional, obviously. And he'll just be like, I know, I know that. But that's what scares me. You trust me. And I can't find these things that might hurt us. It killed someone I loved before. My sister. And it took me a long time to gain any semblance of that kind of thing back. I can't lose that again. That's what scares me. I didn't know you had a sister. I guess I, I do play things pretty close to the to the chest. Um Yes. This was her bow. This is her scarf. Mal reaches out her hand for the bow. He'll hand it over. And she'll run her hands along the smooth bow and along the leather. And reflecting on the loss of her own brother, she grips the bow tight to herself. And she looks back at him and says, Trust is scary, Lance. It is. It's vulnerable to trust somebody. But if you never let anybody else in... All you're ever going to have is this empty bow. And she hands the bow back to him. That was actually pretty smart. You don't say smart things often, and that was pretty good. Um, okay. 
Okay. Okay. And he'll kind of straighten up, kind of stand up, and just be like, all right, I've been enough of a baby out here. Mal will stand next to him, and she will put her hand on his shoulder as she turns to go inside and just say, you can take another second, recompose, we'll meet you in the inner sanctum. I'll let them know that you're you're coming. But Fleepel and I are here for you. And thank you for your vulnerability. For your trust. Malamara, you're one of the best people I know. Half orc and all. And he'll just kind of take a moment and look back out to the cityscape. She really wants to quip that and make a joke out of it. But she feels the sincerity of the moment they're having. So she just squeezes his shoulder and walks inside and lets him have a moment to just calm down and be ready to come back inside. This conversation is feeling the breeze blow across your face as Lance, your scarf is caught in the wind as it blows uh, with a few leaves tickling the back of your neck as they blow across you looking at this beautiful landscape as you say which frustrates you and just taking a deep breath in you realize that not only are you not alone um, from Mal but you feel that warmth as you clutch that scarf in your heart again and you feel you start to feel those whispers come back which always they're always there, but you're able to, with that, just focus in on the one whisper. Just listen to your sister <laughs> and just breathe in, closing your eyes, feeling the breeze across your face before turning in, going to the doors of the inner sanctum with the three of you side by side and Leosin looking at you and saying, all right. Well, I believe we're as ready as we'll ever be, so stay sharp. Um, there's no danger here, but there's a lot we can do to impress. So I thank you again, and here we go. As he pushes the doors open, um, and you're led into the main chamber for the first Council of Waterdeep. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Whew. First Council of Waterdeep does sound kind of like a bank. Yes, it does. Welcome <laughs> to the First Council yes, of Waterdeep. How may I help you? <laughs> There's going to be tellers in this entire council asking for transactions. Well, I have so many gems. I need to do something with them. I got to put them into like a, I don't know, a CD or something. <laughs> Would you like yeah, a small yeah, business yeah. loan? <laughs> Interest rates. Yeah. Record book. Yes, will this, will this appreciate over five years or do you require a 10 year? I am a little um, late to start my retirement package, I think, but I can at least get started now. <laughs> Adventures That's have why terrible fortune of longevity, so I can start over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to give inspiration to Lance as well. Fleepwell, I apologize for not, but that was some 
I think we can all agree, fantastic RP, not only between the two of you, but finally revealing to a member of the Jinx Squad <laughs> your personal history. It's oh, a milestone, man. folks. Not these random strangers that you almost kill and almost kill you, but an actual member of your own immediate party. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I, that was just fantastic. Uh, I'm going to steal what Mal said. And my players, Ned, Jacob, and Mickey, thank you all for being vulnerable in this episode. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. But listeners, thank you as well, especially for joining us again on this leg of the adventure as we dive into the unknown of what is going to happen in the Council of Waterdeep um, and what the next steps are to defeating the Cult of Dragon are. Will they have help? Will they have assistance? You're going to find out on the next episode. Don't forget to tune into that. But if you like what we're doing, please feel free to leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. We love not only seeing them, reading them. It gives us valuable insight onto what you you'd like uh, a lot of reviews seem to say that they like uh fleeple um which we, we which we kind of know which we so. do too um mm-hmm. but yeah which we do we love fleeple but we've also gotten some other uh reviews that we're going to shout out here um we've got and i apologize um if i'm if i butcher this name but we have an adventure uh an adventure we have a review from Marshalal Hajbaz I, 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 again I'm so sorry I'm so so sorry uh, and the review says great adventure love the voices and I'm just assuming they mean my voice but maybe they hate mine and love Mal's and love Lance's but yeah, but they love Mal's pseudo dragon as well and Lance's rogue quote unquote rogue dice and in big rogue bold dice. sneak attack Rogue does rogue things. We have another person. Uh, their uh, their review, their tagline is just Adeline W. Um, they say hi, hello, and in all caps they say you should listen to iCast Fireball. A lot of exclamation points, smiley face. Here's a smiley face back to you through our auditory only podcast. <laughs> and then finally, uh, we got another five star review that says uh, this one. The uh, there is no name. There's just animals. There's a dog, cat, alligator, and a scorpion. And the the title says for Ned. Five star review. Ned, will you please make some more improv tabletop episodes, please? Oh, so some great stuff going on. <laughs> Presumably, you must be referring to that time when I took off a month to prepare for our currently releasing Blades in the Dark campaign that's going on over on iCast. Oh, oh not a, over on uh, Improv uh, Tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, this is a great shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where Ned is the GM, the keeper, the uh, uh, crime organization boss, whatever you want to call him over there, uh, who runs through. Not only Fate Accelerated uh, Improv Tabletop episodes, but also through Avatar Legends using the new tabletop system and their new campaign, uh, their new season, Blades in the Dao Fei, using the Blades in the Dark TTRPG system. It's fantastic. I just recently started season two. It's crunchy. I love it. There's a lot of mechanics which are just so delicious and overflowing. Go give them a listen. Go give them a five-star review. Don't forget to leave them a comment as well. But... That's the reviews that we've had that we wanted to shout out on today's episode. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us with something a little bit longer than a review, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com where you can let us know what you're doing. Uh, we have a lot of people reaching out saying how they listen to the podcast, what they're doing as a result of. We love getting that feedback as well. 
And lastly, if you want to support us as well, you can go to our Kofi account, which should be in the description below, uh, and leave a donation so we can keep the lights on and keep moving forward with iCast Fireball. Uh, don't forget to look at our social media webs there. We've got a few things that um, we wanted to, a few questions that we asked there from time to time. And we also, I know we've been teasing this for quite a while. We are having some material, uh, a possible campaign coming to the YouTube channel as well. So look for us at iCastFireball20 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, and here's a here's something I want to get uh, your feedback as well. How would each of you like to see us stream a one-shot, a one-off, um, whether inside the iCast Fireball world, outside, uh, something that I've been toying around with, possibly taking a card from Ned here, um, looking into some other tabletop role-playing systems to see how maybe that would work for a one-shot uh, scenario there. So go and shoot us out if you'd like us to see if you'd like to see us try maybe Pathfinder Second Edition or some of these other fantastic tabletop systems live on stream for your viewing pleasure. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your fellow friends and wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have Malamara, Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, everybody. And we'll see you all next time.